we have a tendency to overreact. And, and the reason is there's a time warp, right? Here's the key. If you're a salesperson, every day feels like a week. And if you're a buyer, every week feels like a day. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Sales Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Davidoff. I'll tell you, we have gotten some great response so far to uh, the first four episodes of the Sales Genius Podcast. Keep your thoughts and feedback coming. Uh, don't forget that the Sales Genius Podcast is just one piece of the overall Sales Genius Network. There's a number of different ways that you can uh, take advantage of the thoughts, ideas, resources, tools, etc. that we're sharing. You can join the Sales Genius Network. Uh, to do that, visit imaginellc.com slash sales hyphen genius. You can join the uh, Sales Genius Network Facebook group. Uh, just go to Facebook, look up Sales Genius Network, um, request membership, and you can get uh, access that way. We've got some growing activity and some really cool things planned for that. Um, as a member of the Sales Genius Network, by the way, you also get access to the show notes for this podcast where we share uh, slides that we might be talking about, tools, support material, etc., uh, as well as a whole swath of other things that we're doing to help make customer acquisition, customer success, demand generation, sales, marketing, whatever it is you want to call it, to help make it easier and more successful for you. Today, I want to talk about well, a tough lesson that I had to learn as a salesperson, and, and when I started sharing the lesson with people, I, I found that I wasn't the only one that uh, both experienced the problem and, and, and had to learn the lesson. Here, here's the problem. Has this ever happened to you? A prospect or a customer goes dark. Like, they promise that they're going to get back to you on Friday, and you reach out to them on Friday, and they're not there. Maybe you even set a meeting, and uh, they, they weren't there to answer the phone, or, or they no-showed. Um, or you're prospecting and someone says, yeah, let me get back to you on that. Um, give me a couple days and you don't hear from them. It, it's painstaking for a salesperson when that happens. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, the John Barrows philosophy that the only thing, uh, worse than a no is a slow no or a forever maybe. Um, it's easy to get out of sync and out of alignment with your prospects and customers. Now, now here's an important thing to understand, and I'm going to talk in some future episodes about managing probabilities and, and how uh, playing poker is a great analogy to being able to sell successfully. But, but it's important to note before all that that we as salespeople, sellers, selling organizations, sales executives, we have a tendency to overreact. And, and the reason is there's a time warp, right? Here's the key. If you're a salesperson, every day feels like a week. And if you're a buyer, every week feels like a day. And so when I'm the seller and I talk to a prospect and we agree to take the next step next week um, and they're supposed to respond on Thursday and I don't get a response on Thursday – and by the way, it already felt like a long time, right, to me. Then on Friday, I feel like, oh my God, they haven't responded. What's going on? What's going on? It feels like a week. 
In, in a normal social situation, we tend to react to that one-day delay as we would in a more typical situation to a week. But what's worse is that the buyer, when they are a week late, when they haven't responded to you for a week, two weeks, three weeks, to them, it, it feels like one day, two days, three days, right? And, and the reason is they got a lot going on. There, there's a whole bunch of, of things that are happening in their world that they have to deal with. And, you know, I, I, we hate to admit it as, as salespeople, but we're not always the top most important thing on their plate. You know, especially when you consider the fact that if you're providing a really powerful proposition, um, you're really providing benefits over the long term. Um, the day they buy from you is not going to materially change. Their, their situation. In, in some ways, it might even make it more difficult. They've got to pay money. They've got to adjust. Or if they're in the midst of a sales process, they've got to do some work. They've got to do some research. There's other things that are going on. And so that time warp happens. Every day to a salesperson feels like a week. Every week feels like a day. So what do you do with this information? Well, here's the first thing. Right. As a salesperson, you've got to make sure that you don't go too fast through the sales process. You, you see, when you're in that time warp situation, if you didn't establish a good base wherever you are in your sales process, you've got no real foundation to work with to get re-engagement. And so you're kind of lost in this, um, hi, I just want to check in. Hey, I just wanted to follow up whether we're leaving voicemails, sending emails. And and what happens is we actually become less and less valuable. We're less and less relevant, which reinforces the the lack of urgency for the buyer, right? And so when you go too far too fast, you actually increase the likelihood that the buyer is going to disappear because steps got missed, that foundation wasn't built to move forward. Uh, you know, there's an old phrase that says slow and steady wins the race, right? I- I'm just going to say this, steady wins the race. It doesn't have to be slow, but it's got to be steady, right? And and sometimes the best thing you can do as a salesperson is realize that while you have the opportunity to move the sales process, you know, advance it, you know, jump steps, if you will, sometimes the best thing you can do is realize, hey, you know what? I got to slow this process down. Right. And, and in slowing the process down, I'll actually shorten the sales cycle and I'll reduce the friction and the frustration involved for both parties. Uh, the second thing you got to do is you got to build a base with more than one person. Now, it's not unusual that as a sale progresses, you begin to deal with fewer and fewer people. Uh, someone or, or one to three people might be taking the lead in managing that process. And if you've only had interactions, if you only have relationship with those people, then you can't find out what's going on. You can't find out um, what's the context of their situation. You can't reach out to people that can provide that tickler. Uh, Some of the best things I've ever done is maintain relationship and contact with some people that I worked with in the early stages of a sales opportunity. And then as it kind of got into that nowhere land, I was able to reach back out to them. And by the way, they were the ones who were really going to benefit from what we were doing, right? They were the ones that were excited about what we were doing. Um, And they said to their boss, hey, any progress on what you're doing with, with Imagine, right? 
and and because we built and maintained relationships with more than one role player, when things hit hit stalls, when we hit barriers, or when prospects went dark, we had multiple avenues to reach out to to keep it moving forward. Um, and 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 it's important through this entire process that you be very clear, right? A, a lot of times we leave ambiguity um you know sometimes we're afraid we're going to be told no right or or we're afraid that someone's going to say well that's too fast and and you know we're getting excited and we see all the positivity and so we get ambiguous with what the next steps are what the importance of that next step is um confirming that that the lead the prospect the customer um is committed to whatever the next step is that they promised so so we want to be clear and and as that, as part of your sales process, whether it's formal or as just a salesperson informally, you always want to have an advance plan. Like, where is this going? What, what's the next step? Where, where are we going to? Where are we coming from? If we're early in the process and we get into that, that black hole period, if you will, um, I want to be able to preview the value. I want to be able to talk about what's coming up and why that's really valuable and why it's good for them for us to move forward. Or I want to reinforce what's the cost. We have a, a client that we worked with, works in an industry where, where these issues are notorious. Um, and, and, you know, their customers tend to be very reactive, right? And so what what our client did was they worked in the initial stages of their sales process to not only define the problem, but to really work and put a cost on the problem. Then when that delay started to happen, our prospect was able to, to very easily and professionally deliver a communication that, that softly reminded them how much money they were losing every day they didn't react. And it was you know, very much of a, hey, we're here. We're ready to move forward when you need to. You know, if you need to put on a delay, uh, you know, by the way, um, or what, what we actually did in this case, was we just had a line at the end of the email that basically said how much money had been lost since our last conversation. You know, just kind of a soft way to reinforce that proposition and reinforce that there's no such thing as the status quo. Well, there's such a thing as the status quo, but the status quo is, is more of an abstract you're you're either gaining or you're losing is, is is kind of what I'm getting at. There's no hey, I'm just going to sit still, if you will. Um, the next point is, as a sales rep, you got to be patient, and it's hard. Like I'm not a patient person. I'll, I'll admit that it is hard to be patient. Um, but sometimes that's just what you have to do. You have to work at your buyer's pace, and again, that's sometimes why we got to slow it down. Um, I'll talk about this in a future podcast. I have found that the best pace to to work is as a salesperson, I want to position myself at just a slightly slower pace than what my customer's natural pace is and, and or my prospect. Now, the reason I do that is I want the prospect pushing forward, right? I want the prospect pushing me wherever possible. When they're pushing me, they're much more likely to be engaged, to follow up, to stick with their promises uh, because they're pushing. It's their agenda. Um, also, when I'm, when I'm maintaining that type of sync, I can then, when I want to put on the gas, I've got more authority to do that. I'm not you know, the boy who cried wolf all the time. Got to move fast, got to move fast, got to move fast. 
when I'm not constantly pushing, when it's time for me to push, it has more credibility. It has more impact. But but again, sometimes you just got to remember that it feels like a really long time to you and it just doesn't feel like a long time to them. And if you start ratcheting up the importance, hey, this is really urgent or you know, God forbid you do the I'm going to close the file bullshit, right? You're you're going to blow yourself up, right? You can't bluff in these situations and that's why again, you got to build a good base, but do not bluff. Right? Be honest, be open. Don't play the game of, well, if this isn't important to you, then uh, I'm happy to move on to other things, or this is the last opportunity, or this is the last one on the shelf, or, and this is the famous from SAS, the discount won't be available if you don't reply by. Right? We all know that's crap. And, and what happens is you lose your credibility. Like, if you say the discount isn't available, and then I say, well, you know, we're ready to move forward, but we need the discount. And you say, yes, understand. I will never believe anything your company says to me again, right? So, so don't play that game, right? When you play those bluffs, you sound like a salesperson. You feel like a salesperson, right? And, and I mean that in the negative context. And, and we lose our credibility. And, and a lot of times we find out that, Oh, their boss put something on their plate that they had to pay attention to. Nothing had changed from their purview, but because of how we act, we decrease our credibility, we decrease our relevance, we decrease our ability to influence. On that point, make it really, really easy for them to be honest with you. Make it clear that that you're not going to make it difficult for them. Look, Look, I've been on the buy side. I'm on the buy side regularly. I get into these patterns, and, and it's funny, again, because when I'm the seller, it feels like forever, and when I'm the buyer, it feels like no time has passed. And we go, well, I mean, come on, all we're doing, all you got to do is you know, send me an email and let me know, or give me a call and let me know. Well, A, as the buyer, we don't always know that it's going to be uh, this long. It's like, hey, you know what, I can't get to it this morning, I'll try to get to it this afternoon, and before you know, and before you know, and before you know, all those things just kind of get... Um, you know, they build up and time passes and holy cow. The, the second thing is we've also learned that if we tell you that, you're going to try to reach out and change our mind and do this. And, you know, you've got to slot it in for closing in whatever month to hit your number. And so we don't want to tell you because we don't want to deal with the difficulties that, that we might create. When you make it easy for me to say, hey, you know what? I'm dealing with this, reach out in X period of time, then then I'm more likely to be more realistic on my promises. And I'm saying me and I in, on behalf of the buyer. And, and I'm more likely to let you know when surprises happen that are going to um, impact the time frame. Throughout the entire process, you've got to maintain that multi-channel communication. We get myopic as salespeople. We, we stop sending our nurture emails. We stop sending our um, you know, insight emails. We stop um, inviting to events and things like that because we're like, hey, this thing's going to close. This thing's going to close. That's why a, you know, a nurture that's designed for, for different stages of the sales process is so valuable. You want to keep that coming. Uh, I mean it is true. Time kills all deals. Right, and so we've got to keep that freshness going on. We want to keep that context, so 
so maintain that ongoing contextual communication that is just so very important um, in these in this process. Um, and then the last thing is understand the power of a good, emphasize good breakup email. Uh, breakup emails have gotten a bad rap, and, and that's because um, people send a lot of bad breakup emails. People send breakup emails as bluffs, um, and people just copy someone else's breakup email. Um, if you've ever seen the alligator or file cabinet email, which is, you know, you haven't gotten in touch with me because of A, B, C, or D, you've been eaten by an alligator. Um, or, or something like that. Now, it's gotten a bad rap because, well, A, I know it worked because that's why so many people used it and copied it. But it, it worked when it worked because it was genuine. There was um, whoever did it had that type of sense of humor. They had that type of relationship with somebody and it spread. I can tell you that breakup emails that we use for us and through our client base, they are by far the um, – highest response email and the highest impact email. And, and, and I would say two-thirds to 75% of the time, the response is positive, right? We don't get the actual breakup, don't want to talk to you. Um, we do get that sometimes, uh, and that's good, right? We want to know that. But the breakup email, when you've done the right things and you've moved to the right places and you're saying, hey, it appears to me that X, and, and, and you design – you know, an authentic, genuine, contextual breakup email, it is very powerful because that's sometimes the thing that kind of gets through that says, hey, all I'm asking for is an update. Just, you know, let me know. It, it kind of combines a lot of the pieces that I talked about um, here in this episode. Um, but again, if you send the breakup email too early, you're, you're bluffing or you're going to blow it. Um, if you don't build that solid base and the breakup email won't work, right, it, it will come across as being inauthentic. So realize that these things are normal. They happen. There's a time warp. Prepare yourself for it. Prepare your customers for it. You may even say up front, hey, you know, we all oftentimes enter a contract. You know, throughout this process, for both of us, it's important that we know what's happening, what's happening next. We understand that things happen for us to, for this to work well. You know, you and I have to make a commitment, or we all have to make a commitment that will communicate in such a fashion. Um, be open, be honest, be professional. And, and you'll find two things. One is you will. You know the, the impact of this will decrease, but you'll also be in a position to manage it when it does happen. All right, that's the time warp in sales. That's today's episode of the Sales Genius Network. Uh, again, don't forget check out the Sales Genius Network website. Check out the Sales Genius Network Facebook page. Um, if you have a question, a sales challenge, I love to do podcasts on real life situations. So, question, challenge, situation. Um, Put it in the Facebook group. Let me know. Send us an email at me on Twitter at Doug Davidoff. Um, let us know. We'll do a podcast on the issue that you're dealing with. Uh, thanks. And until next time, go out and be a sales genius.